Hello and welcome back to the Flix Forum podcast where each episode we go back and look at a Netflix original film in the order of release. Today we have Netflix's 74th film. It's the 2018 musical film Paradox, directed by Daryl Hannah. It stars Neil Young and his band Promise of the Real. I'm Jesse and I'm here with my co-host MJ. Good oh, what time is it? It's like uh, evening, evening, afternoon. No, it's not afternoon. Good evening. It's good evening. Uh, if you're listening to this, it could be any time of the day. So it hello could to be. you. Um, how are you, mate? It's good to, good to be back. Good to be back. It's nice to be out of the flow of the, the Christmassy... <laughs> I was thinking that. Christmassy feels. It's nice to do this once a week. And uh, I've been able to watch a few other movies that I wanted to see. Uh, not that I didn't want to see the <laughs> Flix Forum movies. but uh, Yeah, you can sort of free the, the schedule up and yeah. be like, oh, I can catch up on something I missed. But our love for film never dies. So that's what made Podmas so much fun. Sure. So we start sure. off... Sure. <laughs> we don't need to pump up our love for film, I don't think, after 75, True. 74 Netflix <clears throat> True. originals. We start our show with our fast flicks, where we do our quick summary of the film. MJ, how would you summarise Paradox? Yeah, okay, so Paradox is an interesting one. Um, a combination between a long music video clip and a group of mates going camping and deciding on the fly that they wanted to film a movie. Yeah, that's pretty fair. Yeah, I think if someone said, hey MJ, what's Paradox about? That's probably what I'd say. Yeah, well this is our second uh, Netflix film with Paradox in the title. It is. From the- <laughs> yes. Second in like, you know, 12 films or something as well. Yeah, I was going to say, it wasn't that long ago that we did the Cloverfield Paradox. (laughs) I've said, uh, music is used to tell the story of a bunch of outlaws hunting for treasure and magic. Mm. Try to make that sound like you want to watch this. You need to find out what this film's about. Well, that's a, that's a good segue into like, so what, what what do we know about this film, Jesse? What have you found out about this film? And, And like, we have to say, this is, this is not a normal film, right? We have done 73 film. Well, obviously, we've watched more than 73 films in our yeah. lives. <laughs> really? But we've been doing this podcast, and, and this is the first one where you sit there and prick up your ears and go, this is different. This is very different. It's short. It's short, short yeah. Short. That was the first thing. It was, it was different. 70 minutes or whatever. But It's, um, it's the first film directed by Daryl Hannah, and uh, <clears throat> I don't know if you noticed at the credits at the end, didn't even refer to her as the, the director. They, they called her the auteur. Okay, and I was very, um, I was very uh, intrigued because I do like that word, but I, I feel like uh, using that word in your first sort of film is is pretty, um, pretty gutsy. Yeah, but for this, it's it's not not true. Like it's it's she's she's done a lot with this film. Whatever. You, how, I, how, I don't even know where to start with this, Jesse. How like, much? Like we are going to spoil this. So sorry, and good I, point, even good like point. you might yeah. So if you want to watch this, watch it mm. and then listen to us, but. This is based around the music, like we mentioned in the intro, of Neil Young. So how much can she claim that this is her... Like, I don't know like whether she's the full control over this production. Well, if, if you want to... Let's, let's get into it because this movie yes. was never intended to be a movie, right? Yeah. So... Daryl yeah. Hannah, who is Neil Young's partner... Yes. Um... Like in in essence, this was them just screwing around with the camera. But she did she did sort of write a ten page script, script, and then everyone just kind of started riffing as musicians do, and then they started filming it and enjoying it. And obviously, there was no crew, there was no budget. Like Netflix wasn't involved at this point in time, right? No. Um, probably to go back even further, they were they were going they were having having they had a concert right 
in the Rocky Mountains. Yep. And the last time they had a concert there, the whole band really struggled with the altitude. altitude. Yes. So they decided to go a few days earlier and acclimatize to the altitude. Yep. The altitude and and basically, um, you know, get themselves ready to perform. And in that time. That's dead time, right? So these are a creative bunch of people. And Daryl Hannah was like, well, how about we just make a little short movie out of it? And they're like, yeah, cool. No worries. Then they started filming a movie and yeah, so everyone sort of had their characters. And So three days. This whole thing was filmed in three days. Three days. Yeah, exactly right. Um, they literally just like made a movie to pass the time. And it was kind of like Daryl Hannah described it as a, a grown-up version of kids putting on a show in the backyard. So... Like there, there were so many things about this film where you're watching it, where you're like, "What, what's happening here? Why am I, why am I watching this?" And it's not until you have this context of what, how it happened, that you're like, "Oh, what was I supposed to expect?" And that's why I think it comes down to Netflix. Like, what are you, what are you doing with this? Like, <laughs> oh yeah, it's a very good question. Like, but like you look at that, and it debuted at South by Southwest mm. um, at the festival in March, and. So obviously the someone somewhere saw something in this to say, hey, this is a good artistic sort of thing that we can we can try and, and gain some gathering for, gain some momentum. Because Netflix took then took it after that and then put it on in May twenty eighteen. Mm. Just and, after, wasn't it? Yeah, so March to May, so it's only a couple of months difference. But yeah, it's 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 a very inter- it's a different sort of way, I guess, to how musicians may plan and make their own sort of concert films or, or true films well, that, about that, their, and, and their that's content. what I thought there was going to be more of I thought it was going to be more of when I realised when I half realised what was going on and then when they actually probably like 20 minutes in they started singing songs mm. and they had that little concert section of yeah. like okay this is just like the lead up to the concert and they yeah. played a couple of songs and went back to this weird narrative they're, pro- they're probably the better parts of it too where you've actually million percent. The, the, band, <laughs> the band playing but to the point of so that's why I'm not going to sit there and because without going too much ahead like this was this was a weird tough watch and I, I don't hold anyone I don't hold Daryl Hannah or anyone response I don't sit there and go why are you making me watch this rubbish because they didn't want me to watch this like that wasn't their intention so she had been working with Netflix on Sense8 which is a which is a TV show Sci-fi that she's in show, yeah. and on the last day of uh, one of the filming uh, filming one of the seasons one of the ex- executives who was in charge at Netflix said I'd love to see what you're working on and she was like, oh God, like it's not for you guys. It's just like a bit of fun that we're having. Um, but I'm having to show it to you. <laughs> so she went over there and, and she showed it and they thought it was really fun. They didn't know what to expect and they really enjoyed it. Um, and they sort of basically made her an offer and said, all right, we, we kind of want to buy this. And um, it, the, the whole thing was like a, not the typical approach of no. anyone, let alone Netflix. We know Netflix is a little bit left of center by the way they do things, but I mean, even even Daryl Hannah was just like, "What the hell is going on?" Like, okay, sure, like let's do it. I, I don't mind, but it's not exactly what. I, 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 <laughs> yeah, it's this is this is one of those ones where it's we're going to struggle to put together a full episode on this because hmm. it's so left of center. I yeah. guess is what we're trying to say because. I haven't seen anything like this. No, neither. And yeah, uh, yeah, okay, yeah. To that point, when when I typed in, because obviously when I went to watch it, so in Netflix, I had to type in P A R A D O before it even came up. So I had I had typed in the entire title before it even popped up. 
So I don't think Netflix even wanted me to watch it. Like I had to really, really push for it. I'm so lazy that I do the voice command on Netflix. So I just said paradox into the mic. Oh, that's <laughs> and then really it, cool. it pops up. So that was... Well, so did you know when you, when you type this into IMDb, it's the sixth title that comes up. And here's, what's here's before the it? What's before it? Cloverfield Paradox number one. Sure. Number two is Justice League, The Flashpoint Paradox. Well, the Warner Brothers animated films are, are pretty well-received, yep. yeah? So that, that makes and sense. And then Paradox from 2017, and then Paradox from 2009, then Back to the Future Part 2. Because they go into Time Paradox. <laughs> <laughs> and then this. Oh, okay. <laughs> so you literally type in the title of the film, and Back to the Future Part 2 is like, nah, you surely mean Back to the Future Part 2. You don't mean Paradox by Daryl Hannah. <laughs> Yeah, just the the whole thing was insane, and it, we say all the time that we go in cold to these movies. Sure, and I was as cold as you can get. And I, ten minutes in, I was like, "What am I, I watching?" watching? <laughs> like, I, were you the same? Yes, I had seen the rating on Letterboxd prior. So good segue. It is a good segue because I, I I'd, I'd been on Letterboxd just to see you know the the poster and that sort of stuff. Yeah. And I saw that it had a 1.9 on Letterboxd. And that concerned me because I don't think I have seen anything that low on there. Open House is probably similar. Yeah. Yeah, yeah true. True. That was but, pretty low. But yeah. IMDb, which is... People are pretty happy to give a nice score on IMDb. That was a 3.8. And that was also a red flag. So IMDb, there's only a bit over 500. 500. Letterboxd, a little over 300. Yeah. Not many people this have seen this. This is tiny. Yeah. So few people have seen this film. And, and as I said, if you're searching for it, it's really hard to find. The, Which is interesting because uh, Neil Young has a bit of a following. For sure. Yeah. But so he released a soundtrack album to this. So his fans would have known that he'd released an album to this. So do you think that some of the fans would have been like, oh, I'll check out the visual film to this as well? Potentially, but then think about Neil Young's fan base True. as well. It, it's probably a bit older. Don't my, know how to use Netflix. See, see, my dad probably wouldn't mind Neil Young music, but there's no way he would want to watch this. Like, he'd be happy to listen to it, but if he knew there was a bit of a story involved in this um, recording of the album or whatever, he wouldn't be interested in that. And, and that's nothing to do with anything other than he just wants to hear the music, right? Different generation. It's almost like they've skewed this to two different audiences. So you've got your Neil Young audience who love Neil Young, Potentially wouldn't like this film, right? Like this is as I said, out there. This is just a bunch of friends mucking around with a camera, yeah. And say, hey, you want to take on this persona for the next two days? Love to. I want to make it as crazy as possible. <laughs> um, did you use it on Rotten Tomatoes? It was on Rotten Tomatoes. Only had seven reviews though. That's surprisingly high. It is, yeah. So no consensus on those seven yeah. reviews, but it was at twenty nine percent. That's also high. More audience um, reviews. There was 38 audience members on Rotten Tomatoes, and that gave it a 32%. Okay. So, it's all pretty similar. Like, it's pretty low. Very low. Oh, do you have anything more to say about it before you... I want to hear your actual opinion on it. Uh, only, like... So, obviously, you mentioned before it was filmed around Colorado um, in Telluride. It was nominated at the Southwest South by Southwest Festival for the Game Changer Award for Daryl Hannah. So it received a nomination saying, sort of, I guess, recognizing her for Thinking doing something that's different. Yeah, doing something that's a little bit different. But that's about all I had. So I'm happy to yeah hit into our early thoughts. What, t- tell us, what are you thinking? Um, it, was, it, was, it was like they tried to make it as weird as possible. Yeah. It was like that was a focus, okay? 
Like we, we've got a bunch of mates, we're screwing around with the camera. Someone wrote a little script, but I want to make this as weird and as strained as humanly possible. To the point where it was borderline unwatchable in parts, <laughs> and I'm not I'm not overstating that. Um, it kind of had this nonsense, aimless vibe to it, which is fine. Um, just not really for me. But I think the thing that compounded the difficult watch was the acting in every single scene was just awful. Like I'm just awful. I'm pretty sure, like like you mentioned, I'm pretty sure everything was ad lib too. A lot of a lot of, a lot of it the was, yeah. was ad lib, and to me it was difficult because they were they did try to have this narrative structure through this man in the black hat. So they tried to have this character that you know was out and about doing different things, and he was the focus of this campsite or this this area where they're all sort of focused. He wasn't really out and about though. He sat in his chair of most of. <laughs> Well, that, all the visions yeah, the of what he'd done, flashbacks, flashbacks yeah, of what he'd well, done. I guess so, they were flashbacks. Yeah, well, they, yeah. they tried to explain like sure. who this sort of guy was, I guess. Yeah, yeah. So it, it doesn't really work when you've got that background knowledge of it's these bunch of guys sitting around a campfire preparing or dealing with the loss of altitude. Yeah, that, that's would, not relevant, right? I would have preferred... Well, but it, it is because you could have almost had a better film with them just sitting around talking absolute smack around you, the campfire. You absolutely would have. Yeah. Like, yeah, you're right. Like in the moment, just talking rubbish rather than adding in these little scenes of trying to give it a story, trying to give it some background of who these characters are and their character traits of playing cards or whatever it is. So... Mm. This to me was like a really bad school project. It's like it's it's like a it's like you give a, a student a camera and you're like, how about you go out? Not gonna you're not gonna plan anything. You're not gonna storyboard. You're not gonna shot list. You're not gonna do a script. Use the camera as best as you possibly can and see what you get. And that's what I felt like. It's hundred percent exactly how I feel. Yep. It was it was like a school project, and we're talking pretty young school. Like we're not talking seventeen, eighteen year olds. We're talking like. 14, 15 year olds with oh, a camera. I was going to say like prep with an iPad <laughs> out the back paddock of the school just running around chasing And you've got to go animals. with your friends who are really awkward in front of camera yeah. and don't know how to deliver lines. And give them costumes from the cupboard where there's different types of costumes and oh, we'll, we'll, they don't, they don't work together. There's lots of western costumes so how about we'll, we'll chuck all them on and then yeah. that. <laughs> the thing is so, so we love movies right? You and I love movies that's the reason we do this podcast. We don't necessarily love rock and roll. I don't mind rock yeah, and roll mind. music. You don't mind rock and roll music, but not in the same way that we love movies. And this didn't feel like a movie for the sake of a movie. It felt like a movie for the sake of a whimsical rock and roll kind of love letter, something like that. That um, completely not up our alley. Yep, I, I will happily agree with that. Have you got any characters from this that you can pull out? Because this is tricky. I can list the characters. For you can you, list them, yeah. But I. I I can't tell you anything about them. I like you. Kind of did some good stuff with the man with the black hat before that was already further than I could. Take well, the, the man with the black hat sort of there's there's a lot of so this is Neil Young. Neil Young is the man in the black hat, and there's a lot of clunky dialogue throughout that tries to give you this picture of who he is or what he's trying to be. And the majority of the time, you see him sitting in a chair strumming away at his guitar. That, that's pretty much what you see him as. Apart from these sort of flashes, I don't know. Like I'm not hundred percent sure whether they were. Flashbacks, flash, flash forwards. forwards. Whether some of them, like you actually see him get out of the oh, chair, like doing it, and, yeah, and doing, doing it at it the now. time, because yeah, you actually yeah. see him get the horse and cart. Like, and there was comments about you know you meant to stay clear of this guy. Don't let him stare at you, um, because they didn't explain why. But obviously, he's got this presence about him that you don't want to cross his path. I guess. Yeah. And and yep. it was like you know he's this this element of danger 
with the group of people that are there as well as he represents this group of or this element of danger where he goes because he goes off to rob banks he goes mm-hmm. off to to do the, these things so but i don't know where they're, <laughs> what, what they're trying to do with that that was all i could get from him so trying to think about what happened at the end of the film when those women came <laughs> yeah. and they sort of gave them presents of sorts yeah, and I think this is offerings. I, I can't remember if this is because I read it somewhere afterwards, but I believe the concept was something like: there's this period where the women come to the men, and they have um, like breeding time, yep. or something like that. Because they do reference yeah, it was, that. It was a, a massive analogy about that, yeah. And then they also come at this time where they drop off like vegetables and healthy food in exchange for. So, uh, so when I when we do films or whatever, I sit there and I like sometimes this this for example this went for about seventy minutes, mm-hmm. and this would have taken me about three hours to watch because I thoroughly write down a lot of the dialogue and what's going on. So, the the general gist of what I could gather was that these men were around this campsite because there was a freshwater hole, and that was the the land's barren. There's mm-hmm. not much going on. There's no resources, and this probably gets a bit into the themes of what it's trying to say. But <clears throat> the women come; their offering is they give them seeds to grow some crops, oh, and yeah. you see them they picking seeds, fruit and yeah. all that sort of stuff. Yeah, so, yeah. in return for them giving the seeds, these guys go off hunting for treasures, yeah, yeah. and these treasures are like offerings to the women, obviously to take it, and then. Um, there's that example too where they give them the young boy and say okay now he's yours you need to bring him up and then when it's ready for that breeding time then yeah yeah it was all it was all a little bit weird a little bit off-putting but they tried to connect that through the lyrics of the song and on the stage when they have this this stage on the show and they have the the lyrics about you know the the lands barren and then they they're playing to have these people come out with big bags of seeds and drop them over the the stage as well so they did try to have this kind of little message through that as well i guess i do want to apologize that this took you three hours to watch that's um that's not fair man sorry i'm sorry to hear that (laughs) this is one of the ones that i would have liked to watch on double speed (laughs) yeah just to just to smash through the content of what was going on uh the 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 mexican guy tato like that was such a poor stereotype. Yeah. So he came, he came to the campsite during the film, right? Yeah. And he was just like looking for somewhere to stay yeah, or whatever. Somewhere. Um. That's all I can give you about him. I don't know. <laughs> like he, he was just, just kind of. Then he, he just, just lay there. He slept. He had the music, the musical instruments, the outfit, the just. He had a just bath a stereotype. That's all. Pajamas. Pajamas. Yeah. And I was just like, okay, cool. <laughs> well, there was also just like some big guy that just grunted a few times. <laughs> So the, the band were obviously these characters that they were, uh, they were the only other thing I could really talk like, and I can't identify them individually. You got Jail Time, yep. The Particle Kid, who was the guy that was like an alien, really, yeah. Um, Cookie McCormick, who was like the chef. Mm-hmm. Happy. Um, Happy was he was always in the outhouse. He was one of the guys in the outhouse. I called that the shitter. The shitter, yeah. <laughs> and there was Cowboy Elliot, who was the old dude. Yeah, and. Nearly, that was um, and Neil Young was just that there. was Willie Nelson, the old dude. No, no, Willie no, Nelson was in the um, scene with the robbery where they had like yep, this and stand-off. the standoff. Yep. Yeah, he was in it for like a second. Second, yep. <laughs> yeah, but <clears throat> apart from like you know, you've got the brainchild, the guy who's really smart. You got the guy who's been in jail. They're just these stereotypes that yeah, they're just yeah. like you. You play like this guy and say what you want that might match the character. That's kind of what it was, yeah. wasn't it? There was no flow or anything in between. <laughs> Good. Have you, that's all I've got for the character. I, 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 no, I, there's not much more to say. I, I, whatever it is, I missed it. Yeah. So, 
Daryl Hannah is the the director or mm-hmm. the auteur. He's gone on to do another doco in 2019 on Neil Young and his band about making their first album in seven years, and it's called The Mountaintop Sessions. I'm not in a rush to see it. To well, at least it's a you say it's a doco. Yeah, this is not a doco at least. No, and they're not going to pretend this is a doco. So maybe it's a legitimate documentary about a really successful musician, right? <laughs> for someone who's been um, in front of the camera for so many years, this was a, a like you think it would have picked up on a few more things. But she's and... not. Uh, that, that's why she's not making this for you or me to watch it at home and critique it. She's making it. I swear, she's making it a bit of fun with her friends. I totally get that, but she does make a lot of choices in this as the director of this film. Like you go from digital to grainy footage to so she did. She made a lot of choices, like especially with like you know the shots of the scenery. So some blame does need to go on. But it's experimental, right? She's having fun with it and mucking around. You can be experimental, but for your first, if you want people to be like, oh, I want to be a director, I want to do some more stuff. Does she? Like, I don't know. Like, is she, or is she putting this out there as like, have a look at this and hire me for something else? I don't think that's what... You her... call yourself your tour on the <laughs> credits. You think you're pretty flash. Oh, I don't know. I, I certainly don't feel the same way about you as her. Ah, uh, yeah. I don't, I don't know any other... Well. I don't know any other directors that are actually auteurs that will refer to themselves as auteurs. And I swear the interviews that I read with her about this film, she was so just like, I have no idea what it's doing on Netflix. It just got there. Yeah, I was mucking around. She the backlash and she's like, I got to back off. No, I got to back off. In what world does anyone think this is good anyway? <laughs> If you were that, like, and you didn't want it to be seen by anyone because it was just a group of friends, then you say to Netflix, hey, this I'll show you, this is me showing you what I can do, but it's not going to be seen by the the light of day. Well, we do know she obviously is a very accomplished actress. Um, Yes. Kill Bill, Blade Runner, Wall Street. Yeah. So she's been around and um, let's see what happens next. (laughs) This This is one of the films where you can't really recast anyone either because the band is so much to do. No one was cast anyway. It's just people Uh, were just there. Like, all right, let's look at some scenes. What What did you like about this? I thought the um, the rainbow TP sky functioned completely fine as a music video on its own. Yeah, when they kind of tied themselves up and started floating, song was nice. I thought you could literally cut that four minutes out, and there's your music video. Worked out well. Yeah, I, I agree. I had that down too, but I thought the effects were really poor. Yeah. <laughs> like it's like let's just pretend. What were you that, expecting though? Because they like just at so, that was, point in time, it was framed so poorly. Like it was just oh yeah, I, I, yeah, yep. Okay, what else? Anything else? The only other thing I've got is the the angel flying too close to the ground when they were singing that around the campfire. Yep, I really enjoyed that. Actually, that was just a nice song, a nice moment. I, com- I felt like I was completely taken away from this ridiculous narrative <laughs> and they were just guys jamming around the campfire and, and Daryl Hannah actually said that when they were filming that it was just the guys started playing and they were rushing to chuck mics on everyone so that they could do it and then by the time it finished they were sort of half done it and that was that but um, maybe because it just took me away from everything else um, I-, I enjoyed that so if you're actually putting mics on people that tells me that you're actually planning something but they knew they were filming something right they knew they were putting something together yeah so you obviously want it to be seen by people if you're putting mics on people <laughs> if you're just doing it for your own fun you're not putting mics on people <sighs> I don't know what to say <sighs> um, I thought the time lapse shots of nature were quite nice at times oh yeah lots of them yeah alright what <laughs> <laughs> you made a point of saying it so quickly with no addition no description Good. That's all you liked about the film. And I'm glad that my timing of comedic well done. No, well done. Like efforts it. worked. All right. Forgettable scenes. <laughs> Dude. <laughs> I have two. 
I have same. I have the two. entire first 15, 20 minutes <laughs> defies logic into how bad a film can be. Yep. And the final 15, 20 <laughs> minutes was just as bad. <laughs> and I, I, I mentioned that Brahman Naman, which is notoriously the worst Netflix film and probably the worst film I've ever seen, <laughs> at, at a period throughout this film was starting to look like an Oscar nominee. That's... <laughs> That's how bad that this portion portions of this film was, and we know we spoke. We'd never talk about Brahman Naman again on the podcast. I feel like it, it does well on the downloads. It's like, <laughs> <laughs> there are people that are listening to this. Even last night, there was like on the stats, someone in in, in India downloaded it. So good. Oh, it's, a, it's you know what? It's a good podcast. If you haven't listened to our Brahman Naman podcast, it was so much fun. Um, but that's what it is. Like twenty minutes in, when they started doing that concert stuff, I'm like, oh, finally, this crap's over with, and they were just. Whatever they were doing, they were just doing it. Now it's gone. Yep. And then they came back to it, and I was like, "Oh, <laughs> so that's it." Like, I, 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 I can't individualize the bad things within it because it's just like this whole twenty-minute period of crap. Yep. I, I wasn't a fan of the scenes on the shitter. Oh, yeah. The the two guys <laughs> yeah, having conversations. Yeah, yeah. And there's one in particular where they said. Um, love is like a conundrum. It's like a fart. If you've got to force it, it's probably shit. I also feel like that's quite a well-known quote. I've, I've definitely heard that before. Yeah, good. So when they're talking about all this crap that they're talking about, I'm like, oh, why are you actually going to pull out a quote that is known and said? Because they're just regurgitating anything they've heard in life. They're riffing. <laughs> they're riffing. Uh, the other thing, there's a scene on the train and it's where the man in the black hat gets on the train at some stage and it's like they chuck the camera on the back and just recorded like the scenery as the train was going by. You can fix that with a tripod. I actually can't even remember what you're oh, talking about. You need like <laughs> it was just shaky and it was all over the place. What and... was the train like? Was it like an old school train? Yeah, what? it was an old school train. Okay. But like you chuck your camera on a tripod and you get some good footage instead of like a I was having an epileptic fit. Yeah, sure. Yeah. I'm sure it was crap. <laughs> okay. What's this movie trying to say? I think I feel like you've got a better grasp on this than me because the one thing I took out of it is is their thoughts on music being the answer and anything can happen and flow as long as music is a centerpiece. Yep. And, and I believe that these guys really really felt that and thought that and that's kind of how they ended up making this. Yeah, yeah, good point. Uh, the there's a little bit about old and new, uh, for sure. So old versus new and and the way they live the life and you know the earth's in such a bad condition that so was this set in like some dystopian future do you think i think well yeah they very early on they made a mention about you know everything's run dry and the world's struggling it's like these guys have hit the land to and then they go mining and find things like keyboards and yeah and phones so, yeah and, which yeah. was weird so uh and i know daryl hannah said that well daryl hannah is not a big fan of gen- genetically modified sort of stuff and there's a little bit about this environmentalism too, and they, the characters do mention this a bit too. And I'm not sure whether the the dialogue was pushed in, but they you know they talk about you've always got to watch the food that you're going to eat. You know, it's important to know what it is, but it's critical to know what it was. Yeah. And um, they had that line twice. Yeah. And one of the lines was, "There's not much left to find these days." So there, there was this big sort of scene, like that scene on the stage where they're playing and the people are throwing the seeds. It's sort of saying, you know, we need to continue to to farm resources yeah, so yeah. that we're doing yeah, okay. True, true. Um, and, you know, it was very blatant too. They're like, what if corporations owned all the seeds too? So it's sort of like having this whack that, you know, big business is killing like the the outside sort of crops. Um, the little bit, I guess, with the, the women on the bus too at the end, they had the power in the, in this in this world, I guess. Yeah, um, they It's sort of like a flip of, of where, of where society's sort of been at in the past. Mm. So I'm not sure whether they were trying to say something there. But they could have been. Um, 
still gender roles though, isn't it? Mm. The one thing I want to, the moon. The moon played a big role in this this short little film. You had so many shots of the moon, and I don't know whether they were. Oh, I, did you have any thoughts on the moon? Like, I'm just trying to remember again. No, the, the moon was the moon was there a lot, and I don't know whether they thought this was like a magical thing that could help with the harvest and the growth. But when they finished on stage, it's sort of the and around the campfire, all these scenes they finished with this shot on the moon, and there's one where the moon changed the clock, and oh yeah. So that, yeah. yeah, I'm not sure what the moon represented in their world because I can't work it out, but it was put in there enough that they're trying to say something with it. Yeah. Okay. I yeah. But I, I couldn't I couldn't work it out. I don't think this this film dragged me in enough to make me think anything more than what was on the surface because yep. it didn't seem like it cared enough. Yep. But maybe I'm wrong. All right, that's all I've got. What do we take away from this film? Well, you kind of hit the nail on the head with what I thought, that the narrative components of this film felt like a high school project and, and a bad one at that. It's like someone had just written some quirky parts and got their friends to act it out. But they only had like three hours to shoot the whole thing. That's what it felt like. And it was like, okay, we're gonna have we've got a double period. Yeah. Go out there and film something. Come back and see what you got. That's what it felt like. Um, and that's what I would be happy to tell anyone who asked what I think of that film. I got a full three days. I know, yeah, I know. <laughs> and a script. <laughs> the the I mentioned this before, but the switch between the grainy home footage style and the digital it was so off putting for me. And that's that artsy feel, I guess. That yeah, everything that was, was off putting yeah. for me though. Yeah, and the the whole thing was jumbled. That, that's. That's all I can really say. Mm, oh, yeah. Did you jump on IMDb at any stage to check anyone out? I did. I checked to see whether Lucas Nelson and Mika Nelson were actually Willie Nelson's kids. Because okay. I saw the names and I thought, oh, surely they're Willie Nelson's kids. And they were. Okay. Um, I also jumped on Google. I had to Google Paradox. I, I Googled it when we watched Cloverfield Paradox. <laughs> it's not a... St- I know what it means, but I don't know the definition of it. It's not a word that I use every day. <laughs> but I'm watching this film like... So what does paradox mean? Like this is the title, the one word title of this film. A seemingly absurd or contradictory statement or proposition which when investigated may prove to be well founded or true. Okay, well, Do you think that's just an excuse for saying like this is just a whole lot of shit? The first half of that definition made sense with the film and then the back half didn't because it said there's some logical explanation. That's what I mean. So they're saying it. here's this here's this absolute absurdity but look closer because there's something true about it. That's kind of... If, that's, if anyone can tell us what the truth behind this is, then I'm <laughs> I'm willing to listen. I don't know if there was. <laughs> if you've got any questions that you'd like... I didn't get on IMDb in case you were wondering. Yeah, no. no. Have you got any questions that you want to ask me? I have two. Good. Firstly, why was this rated MA? MA 15 plus in Australia. Was it? Mm-hmm. Very interesting. I, there was nothing there, was there? I think we mentioned this like before. Netflix create their own ratings mm. in Australia. Um, there's no actual regulation, so... Maybe I don't. Yeah, I don't know. I'm just trying to think what could have been there to warrant an MA rating. Sure. There was nothing there, and I was because I noticed that when I put it on, I was like, "Oh, it's MA," okay. and I'm waiting. I'm like, "Why is this MA?" Can't think of anything. No, neither. My head. <laughs> the other one is the IMDb IMDb plot for this film. Yeah, a group of outlaws search for a mountain treasure and experience the supernatural powers of a full moon. Oh, okay. Here you go. Yeah. Did you get that? Well, that, okay. Well, that answers the so the moon's so the supposed moon to have the powers. The moon's the one that's controlling them all. Supernatural. What was supernatural about this film? The moon. But what what power? What, what did it? Maybe the, moon, the moon's the one that allows the seeds to grow. The moon's the one that allow. I don't know. I yeah. Okay. Yeah, but I read that um, IMDb plot afterwards, and I was like, that's not the film I watched. <laughs> sort of sounds interesting. Yeah, it does. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe we should make it. <laughs> 
Okay, you, you've sort of answered this one. I was like, why does Netflix pick this up? And you answered that, I guess. But I, still well, I didn't answer it. I gave you a thought. You a I thought. don't know what. I don't know why though. Because <laughs> I can't imagine the execs at Netflix would be like, yeah, we got to put money behind this. And you know what? Let's have a look. Those ratings numbers. I'm not talking about what people thought of it. I'm talking about the amount of people that have rated it, so therefore have seen it. Yeah. They're tiny, tiny, tiny. And I'm not, obviously everyone who watches it doesn't go on IMDb and rate it, but the numbers that we've seen on the last 73 films that we've done are significantly higher than those numbers. Those numbers are tiny. Yeah. So no one's watching this shit. <laughs> True. Uh, yeah, we may have touched on this too. Is, is there anyone that's not a fan of the music that could engage with this? Cause that's a great question. I'm not sure. I'm not, I'm not sure that if you don't like, cause um, I don't know who this film's for. It's, yeah. If you don't like Neil Young's music and you sat down and like, I'm going to watch this because I like trippy stuff. Maybe that, but who? Yeah, I guess people do like trippy stuff, but yeah. That's yeah, it. But that's, that's a great it. question. I don't know who this film's for. Yep, I don't know who it's for. But then I don't think Carolina cares who it's nah. like. Yeah, that's post. She doesn't care who likes it. So let's 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 wrap this up. Let's let's get this over and done with. Before I, no, I want to give a dog dog update, update. because okay, good. I I do like to update Jesse with. Uh, how my dogs react to films one of my dogs in particular can't handle animals on on the screen and there were lots of animals in this film there were um, and I got really lucky here because there were so many random animals floating around like almost in like this Terrence Malick-esque nonsensical sequence <laughs> um, and Todd who the one that always um, barks at animals was on the couch with me but he was sleeping and he was facing the other way and he woke up and got growly when there were snow dogs on the screen but because the soundtrack was basically drowning out any sort of animal noises, he didn't bark at all. So you see all these animals, but you never actually really yeah. heard them. Um, and I was just watching it just like, like please don't look, please don't look, please don't look. Because I, I didn't want to deal with that as well as having to watch this. And <laughs> so I got very lucky there. Very lucky. All right, let's wrap it up. We each give the film a rating out of five. Mm-hmm. Give it a flicks form average. MJ, fill me in. Well, like this, this film wasn't made for me. Um, it wasn't made and, for anyone. Yet. But I know, I think the jury is out on who would really enjoy it. Maybe Neil Young fans would enjoy the music side of things, but 70% of the film was that truly absurd narrative, borderline offensive in its quality. Comfortably, it's one of the worst films I've ever seen. It's getting a half star from me because I didn't mind the music. I thought some of the music was pretty good. And I, I will say that... I think this is better than Brahman Naman. Okay. Brahman Naman was is still the worst film I think I've seen. What this film has going for it is A the music, B only seventy minutes. So it didn't it didn't want to screw around with me for too long. <laughs> and C I don't think it was trying to be anything more than it wasn't. Whereas Brahman Naman was just a piece of shit. <laughs> so it's 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 a half a star from me. Okay. Uh my thoughts. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to hear it. Okay, well, I'm happy to wrap it up. So, no, 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 no. Go, go, go. so my thoughts are, please no one ever give Daryl Hannah a camera ever again. <laughs> it was like watching someone who hadn't used a camera before and is like really overexcited about using it and just wants to use it as much as possible, move it as much as possible, zoom in, zoom out. That's what it felt like. Mm-hmm. And this is the biggest piece of garbage I've seen in a long time. Mm-hmm. I don't think you could pay me to watch this again. Um, I'm giving it half a star just for the music too. Yeah, the music was pretty good. So that gives us half a star. You know the funny thing is, 
not a lot of people seen this film. Our loyal listeners will be listening to this episode, but <laughs> apart from that, there might be the odd person who loved this film and is like, oh, someone made a podcast, podcast on it. about it. Let's listen to it. And they are hating on us right it's now. It's not too late. You can turn off now, huh? <laughs> I mean, no, I think they turned off pretty early. <laughs> I feel bad for those people. Because I've done that. I've watched a film that I really liked and no one really talks about it. I found a podcast and I'm like, oh, good, these people are talking about it. And they can it. And I'm just like, stop, you. What are you? You don't know anything. So hopefully that's not us. But this film wasn't for us. And um, yeah, I would struggle to watch it again as well. We're on social media. We're on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. We are at Flix Forum on all of those. We pop up a post for the week with a question. This question is, what's a memorable music concert that you've been to? Wow, just in the theme of music. You've played it nicely there. I thought yeah. you were gonna... No, no, just like, what's a, what's a good show that you've been to? <sighs> musical. Music, yeah. I've, I've seen heaps of good stuff and it's really hard to sort of, you know, come down with one because I've, I've seen you two twice. One time they're awesome. Second time they're rubbish. Right. Interesting. Seen Muse multiple multiple times. I really like Muse. They're good. Seen so, Britney Spears. Like, Britney Spears. Britney Spears. Yeah. Did she ad living at the time? She was. Yeah. Still liked it. Newton Faulkner, um, yeah. one of the better performers. I've seen him three times. Um, very talented musician. He's got great stage presence. He's a very funny man. I would definitely recommend if you if you get a chance to see him. He's a it's a great show. Good. All right. So we're back again next week. We, we are. Have, we have another film to discuss. We do. We're checking out, it's the 2017 drama, Roxanne, Roxanne. So we're going... Back in time. Back in time. It's directed by Michael Linnell, and it stars Shante Adams, Mahershala Ali, mm. Nia Long, Elvis Nolasco, Kevin Phillips, and Chanel Edmonds. Mahershala. I love Mahershala. Oh, man's got talent. Very good actor. Cool, so that's next week. It hopefully will wash the taste of this out of our mouth a little bit. But um, you know what? If we weren't doing this podcast, we wouldn't see this kind of stuff. And you know what that gives us? Context. Context with the 300 other people that have watched this. No, no, context when we see a good film. We oh. know what good is because sure. we know what bad is. We do. You need to know what bad is to know what good is. I'm happy that I'm going to go on and log this on Letterboxd and be one of the 332nd person to do it after the caterer, the truck driver, <laughs> the security, everyone who worked on this project. So I'm You know what? I, I, doing this podcast, and we have seen some stinkers, is when... See, I... Watch, watch movies with my wife and we'll see a movie that we really like and she's got letterbox I've got letterbox and I see her rating and she'll give it a three and a half stars and I, I want to be like what's a five star film to you like <laughs> like I, people think there's like the perfect film is like untouchable like I'm never going to see a five star film but that's not how it is it's you not- see these films like this and you're just like you know what that movie that I watched on free to wear TV last night was pretty good. <laughs> that midday movie I watched was amazing. <laughs> yeah, it gives that you Hallmark context. Christmas movie was pretty good. Yeah. So all right. um, anyway, it's all good. I'm, I'm glad I saw it. Good. Well, I'm glad I've seen you today because <laughs> seeing you was a lot better. So I'm looking forward to seeing you again next week. Yes, I will see you then. Thank you very much. Bye.